You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, and welcome into episode 76 of the House of L podcast. Woo! We back, baby. We back. I'm excited about today's episode, even though it's a little bit different than what we usually do on the pod. And occasionally I'll take a break from interviewing people, even though there are two interviews inside this this episode, to to do something that I think is um, germane to our discussions about media, and I think that this episode is one of them. So here, here's what I wanted to do. I've done a couple of interviews, and I feel like I'm, I'm covering a story, not, not necessarily like a beat reporter, not like guys like Jeff Agrest or, or Phil Rosenthal, who do an incredible job on the media beat or Robert Feeder, but I do think that there is a value for the listener to the radio show that I do on the score to understand how the landscape has changed a little bit. I want to try and bring some insight into what we're watching when it comes to watching our sports, which is why I wanted to get into this topic, the, the topic of the Marquee Network. And The Marquee Network is set for launch in February of 2020. It is going to be the primary residence of your Cub games. 150 games, the games that are not taken away nationally. Like each baseball team can have up to 12 games taken away to Fox and ESPN, you know, Sunday Night Baseball or Saturday Baseball, whatever. So the maximum that that usually they can take is 12. So the other 150 games are going to be on marquee. Now, this is a big change. It's a seismic shift in the way that we consume Cubs baseball. For 72 years, you had WGN be this flagship for Cubs baseball, and you had it with WGN America, once there was the cable channel, really helped grow the Cubs fan base abroad. Like, it it, it grew this thing nationally and internationally into what it is now. You also had partners like NBC Sports Chicago, which was Comcast Sportsnet initially and has changed and changed and changed. And full disclosure, I work for NBC Sports Chicago. If you didn't know, now you know. Uh, Channel 7 was also a partner. WCIU was a partner. Am I forgetting anyone else where games would end up on? You know, CLTV occasionally would have games. That's not going to be the case anymore. You're no longer going to be able, outside of the 12 games that are on nationally, to watch the Cubs for free. And so that you understand where I stand on this, I think that that is, they're right, the Cubs' right as as the, the provider of the content to say, we're going to make you pay for it. If you want it bad enough, you're going to pay for it. Now, I always say this to, to the listeners, so I'll say this to you. I want you to look at your cable bill. Because I think that this will help kind of really give you a good sense of what's going on here. 
oftentimes I hear people criticize ESPN. You know, I don't like ESPN. They're too East Coast biased or they're too left-leaning or whatever. Whatever it is, the reason that you don't like ESPN comedy, they scream too much. Sometimes it's true. Um, whatever that criticism is, you can say, well, I'm not going to watch ESPN, and that'll show them. That doesn't show them unless you decide to take ESPN off of your cable package. You unsubscribe to, to ESPN because ESPN has one of the highest subscriber fees of any platform on cable. It's about $8 a month. So if you're someone who still has ESPN but doesn't watch ESPN, you are paying them roughly $100 a year to not watch them. And we're going to find out when it comes to cable and and, um, dish and satellite what the subscriber fee is going to be for Marquee. I have heard anywhere between $4.5 to $6 per month inside of your bill, whatever that bill is going to be. So I implore you to go look at your cable bill to find out how much you're paying for some of these premium tiers and if you need them. Now, the landscape of television has changed because of cord cutting. It plays a a significant role in all of this stuff that we're going to talk about, and my guests will probably do a better job of explaining it. But as people do decide to bundle, they cord cut and then bundle different packages together – I do wonder if at some point, because of some of the subscriber fees there, like for Hulu or Amazon, um, Netflix, like once you start bundling all of those together, whether it's going to be worth it, because those things are going to have to go up too. We've even seen an increase in in Netflix over the last couple of years too. So I don't know if it's a cure-all if unless you're able to kind of tie all of these or bundle all of these things together. Like I have Comcast cable, which is another issue that we can get into too, because the internet provider plays a significant role too. And that would lead to a conversation about net neutrality that quite honestly, I am not well versed enough to speak intelligently on, but I do see that that could be an issue of whoever controls the bandwidth can end up eventually controlling Who does what? Anyway, the whole reason that I bring it up is that inside my Comcast package, now I get Netflix. And I have, do I have Amazon? I think I have Amazon in there too. Yeah, because I was watching the boys on, on my television instead of on my computer screen. So I have a lot of that stuff bundled in. So people are going to have to choose. But as it pertains to with Marquee, The Cubs are building their own network, which is their right, and I think that they should try and maximize it. Although, Theo Epstein did say last week that if you think that the money that is going to be made from Marquee is going to benefit the Cubs' baseball operations in the short term, you're wrong. It's more of a long game. You know, Years down the line, once they start to see the revenue from Marquee, which will be abundant, then they will start to be able to maybe move some of that money over to the baseball side. But in the short term, that is not going to be the case, at least according to the president of baseball operations, Theo Epstein. So here you have the Cubs moving on, and they're going to do their own thing. So no more games on GN, no more games on on ABC7, no more games on WCIU. And they had a little snafu earlier in the season back in September where ABC seven was like, well, we need to show bachelors in paradise the finale of that. So we have to move the game to our, one of our partners, WCIU and crane Kenny at the time came out and said on the score, it was like, that's part of the reason that we're doing this is we want our games to be in one place. In one place. So this might be upsetting to some people, especially if you're someone who believes in tradition. Um, I toyed with in this episode playing an interview that I did with Dan Rohn where we talked about the end of, of Channel 9 as a sports entity. But after talking with some people, I was like, you know, 
Dan deserves his own episode, so I might release that interview on House of L later on this week because it's more about Dan and just be less about the 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 TV aspect of it. But I do have two guests that I do want to hear from, and I'll get to them in a minute. The Blackhawks, Bulls, and, and White Sox are all going to stay with NBC Sports Chicago. So now all of their games are going to be on NBC Sports Chicago with the exception of nationally televised games. The White Sox are not going to max out. Like ESPN and Fox are not going to take 12 games from them until the White Sox prove that they're much better than what they've shown over the last few years. The NBC Sports, not NBC Sports Chicago, but the national NBC Sports cable channel is taking a bunch of games from the Blackhawks, but none of those games are going to be on free television like Channel 5, like they used to be. And the Bulls have, I think there may be one game or a couple games on ESPN and TNT, but they're no longer going to be like Friday night and Saturday night. You come home to Channel 9 and you watch a Bulls game. That is no longer the case. So the games are on NBC Sports Chicago for Bulls, Blackhawks, White Sox starting October 1, the day that I am recording today's podcast. And the Cubs are going to be on marquee starting in February. They're going to have other programming. They're going to build out some of their programming uh, along the way. And I'm kind of interested to see what it is that they end up doing. In the middle of all this, there are disputes. There's a dispute going on right now with, with Dish Network and NBC Sports Chicago and Marquee as far as carriage goes. They charge a fee to Marquee or NBC Sports Chicago to carry them, and then Dish Network and DirecTV then charge you a subscriber fee to get those networks. You got me? You with me? So right now there's a dispute on what the value is for both networks, and we're starting to see a lot of carriers say, "Eh, do we really need to, is the demand really as high as these numbers indicate? And it becomes a a bargaining, a negotiation between how much networks are going to be willing to pay to carry certain packages in certain channels. And does anyone have the um, leverage? Like a lot of people think that Marquee, because they're owned by Sinclair, and Sinclair owns a lot of regional sports networks, that they are going to then have the leverage to make these providers carry them. And that's not always the case. So there's the basis of where things stand. I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of landscape before I bring in the experts to talk about this. I'm going to start with Jeff Agress. Jeff covers media for the Chicago Sun-Times. We did an interview back in November. No, not November. What am I talking about? It's almost November. We did an interview back in April where we were talking about this. And and Jeff's a really interesting guy. He's a Cub fan, and you'll hear that come through. We were talking about DirecTV and their dispute, which is still going on. And I, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily contentious. It's just that there's negotiations that are going on. We had a conversation about... What happens now that the Cubs are going to go off of free TV and what their negotiations with direct TV could look like and how there could be a lot of people who have direct TV or RCN or Comcast who, because there isn't a, a carriage fee negotiated yet, could end up not having Cubs baseball available to them. The Dodgers went through something similar which you'll hear me and Jeff talk about, and then you'll hear later on me talking with someone from the L.A. Times who has covered that story pretty intensely. So this is me with Jeff Agress from the Sun-Times. Here's our conversation about all of this. I can say from personal experience, I'm a Dish customer, so I am concerned about this as any Cubs fan who is a Dish customer should be. Um, The issue between Dish and what were the Fox networks will now become Sinclair networks probably before the end of the year. Is there a carriage dispute over the cost of carrying these networks? There's 21 of them. Uh, they all have a baseball team to go with them. And they're not on the air right now on Dish Network across the country. Uh, and obviously in their own neighborhood, if you're in St. Louis, you're not getting a Cardinals game on Dish Network on Fox Sports Midwest. 
If you're in Milwaukee, you're not getting a Brewers game on Fox Sports Wisconsin. And these teams, it's not like um, in Chicago, or at least you can get games on WGN, Channel 7. Most of their games are on these Fox affiliates. And for them to be blacked out is, is ludicrous to them, as it should be. But his argument is the programming has become so expensive as you've seen the rates of not just the channels themselves, but of the cost to carry the games on NBA on ESPN, the NFL on any network you want to name. It's expensive. And to Dish, they don't feel the value, the ratings are there to have them on their, on their air. And they're off right now. And my fear is that Marquee will come to Dish and say, this is the number we wanted you to pay to carry our games. And Dish will say, well, we're not carrying these 21 other regional networks. Why should we carry yours? And I think it's possible that when the time comes in February for Marquee to launch, that Dish won't carry it. Will it carry it in the end? It might. Remember, the Big Ten Network had a whole bunch of problems when it first launched, with Comcast not carrying it for the first year, and it eventually um, acquiesced. But at the outset, at least, this could be a real problem. It's been interesting to watch over the last couple of years, like the valuations of sports properties when it comes to broadcasting. And I do wonder if some of the the big time contracts are so bloated that if you're doing a cost benefit analysis of this, whether it is worth it for, for Dish to acquiesce to a price that they feel is too much. Yeah, and that's that's a real, you know, the, you hate to um, sort of agree with the people who are keeping your games off your television set, but they make a point um, when they say that the people who want to watch these games are the ones who should be paying for it. I understand that. And that's not the greatest argument. The argument is, on their end, I think that's better is when you think of everybody who's paying for Dish or for DirecTV or for Comcast, they're paying to have NBC Sports Chicago, Marquee, whatever other regional sports network you come up with, they're paying, they're paying the freight to have that channel, even though they're not going to watch it. Now, that's a pro, it, it's a valid argument, but you can say that about how many channels. You know, I'm, not, I'm paying to have the Food Network. I don't watch the Food Network, but it's a very small price to have that channel. So you're not going to make us think about it. But when ESPN charges $8 or mm-hmm. the Yes Network in New York charges $6 or Marquee, which reportedly going to charge $4 a month per customer, then it gets a little pricey. So I understand their their argument. It's just it's difficult as a sports fan. I want the channel, so I will pay for that extra money. But there's a majority of people, according to Dish, who don't want the channel, and they're going to be the ones paying the freight. It always made me laugh whenever people would get upset with ESPN and they would say, you know, I'm not going to watch ESPN. And I would say, well, have you canceled your your cable? Because if you haven't, <laughs> you're still paying $8 a month to not watch ESPN. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, you can find this information out. Uh, I, I believe Comcast on their bills itemizes what the costs are. So it's not really a secret, and there are reports as to what um, each sports channel costs, and they are the most expensive out there. I mean, I was surprised to that, that that Fox Sports Detroit, Detroit was one of the highest-priced sports channels in the country. Um, and when you compare it to other topics, as we talked about, like Food Network and such, A&E, it, it's not even close. So, you know, people don't make us think about subsidizing those smaller channels. It's the big ones that they don't want. And according to Dish, most of their customers aren't the, aren't the sports viewing customers. So now you have this dynamic. You have DirecTV versus Dish, perhaps. DirecTV has always been the sports satellite provider to go to. They always had NFL Sunday tickets. They promote their sports bigger than Dish Network does. So now are they going to allow this to continue where they will lose customers to DirecTV or other providers? Dish might be willing to do that just because they think the prices are so outrageous for sports. Yeah, and I know that there was a there was an issue with was it BN Sports too that had the, yeah. the issue where they weren't getting carried as well. I if if what you're hearing about the price point for Marquee is about four dollars, a little under what I thought it would be. I thought it would be yeah. a little closer to five, maybe five fifty a month. And I I think that that there's a lot of Cubs fans that are going to be willing to pay for it. I wonder if the the Dish fans like yourself are not only going to be willing to pay for it, but also to get after Dish to get Marquee on on the network. 
Well, that's that's the that's a great point, Lawrence. Is that you know, in the end, everybody has a carriage dispute. Pick your network, pick your sports network. There has been a carriage dispute in its past, but what tends to turn the tide is customer dissatisfaction. If they're going to make enough of a stink about this, then things might change. Now look at the Dodgers. I was just going to ask you about the Dodgers because because it's 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 like the best comp to what the Cubs are trying to do. Right, they're the they're the last team to start their own network, and it's largely been a failure. Uh, you know, it was a 25-year, $8.3 billion deal with Time Warner as the, uh, to, to carry Dodgers games, but there's only one provider in Southern California carrying Dodgers games. It's in their sixth year now of this dispute. You're not getting, though, you don't hear about the, the, the venom from Dodgers fans because LA is just different. You know, I, I, I've only visited there, but from what I understand, there isn't the passion that there is the fervor among sports fans there as there are toward the East, toward you know New York, New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, obviously. So you compare that to Cubs fans. If Cubs fans don't get their games, if if, if let's just worst case scenario, February comes around, Marquee is launched, but it's nowhere. Unlikely to happen, but it's nowhere. Cubs fans will come out in force and will let their providers know that they're going to want that channel. The Big Ten did that, not to this extent, but they had their own issues, and Big Ten fans came to their defense and got it picked up in places. Um, so that's the biggest real difference between the, the, the Cubs situation in L.A. is uh, the support and the devotion of the fan bases. They're getting 50000 a night in L.A. still, and no one's complaining when they go to Dodger games. But at Wrigley, we have a smaller capacity, a bigger fan base, a more fervent fan base. That could be the difference in some of these negotiations. Has I haven't checked on this. Have the have Marquee and Comcast come to an agreement yet? No, no, they have not come to an agreement with anyone, and that's and that's fine. You know, it's it's like I said, it's six months away still, and these things do tend to go down to the wire. They have no, as far as I'm aware, no agreements. They are in talks with providers, uh, negotiations for the price, to, uh, what tier it's going to be on. You know, another issue with dishes. They'll carry these Fox Sports networks. They'll be happy to carry them, but they want them on a higher tier. They want them on a tier, on a sports tier, where if you're not a sports fan, you don't have to incur those costs. So they're happy to make the sports fans pay for them, but they don't want to make the people who don't want them pay for them. And I've always appreciated that about Dish. They've always, as a customer, they've always put the customer first. Now, I'm not the typical Dish customer, I think, because I want the sports. I want all the sports. And I've had to go to a higher tier to get NBC Sports Network. But I'm willing to do that. Most of the customers, it appears, are not. With Sinclair doing what they've done with the RSNs, obviously what they're doing with Stadium, and uh, to give full disclosure, I do some work over at Stadium from time yeah. to time on the morning show over there with, with Michael Kim. Are, d- does this seem like, because it seems like to me, that they are they are really making a run at being a player when it comes to live sports all the way around the country and digital. Yeah, this is a new, you know, we always thought that Fox would be the one. Do you remember, this was, gosh, maybe 15, 20 years ago, where Fox debuted all their regional networks. Uh, we had Fox Sports Net in Chicago for a, for a time. And it, it felt like they were going to make that real push to compete with ESPN, um, with, with, with regional networks across the country, and then their, their mothership that would have their own Fox Sports nightly show in lieu of Sports Center for them, it never really materialized. And you just had these Fox Sports regional networks, but no ESPN competition. FS1 comes around, then here's your competition. It appears that Sinclair wants to take its shot at the big boy and really compete with them with not just these networks that they're buying from Fox through Disney, but with Stadium, you know, if you think about the power of Stadium, it's not quite there yet, but the reach of Stadium is what any network would want. Not only are you available on, on the internet, on your phone, you're available on free TV. Yep. You're over the air. Anybody can get that channel. Now, if they could make a, a, a dent as far as making a, a real impact with, with their programming, they could have an outstanding viewership with the reach that they have. And I think Sinclair is sort of you know, with the power that they have, the number one owner of TV stations in the country, I think they see an opportunity here where prices are down for sports programming, such as these Fox 
networks are demonstrating, and they see a window here to make a dent. I know that you're coming at this from a very personal point of view, which I think is good because I think that there are a lot of Cubs fans that are trying to figure out, well, how is this going to work? How is this going to work if I'm someone who's been loyal to to NBC Sports Chicago or if I've been watching games on Channel 9 for forever? Have you already started to work on your workarounds if it doesn't <laughs> – if, if, the, if, the, if Marquee is not on Dish Network? Oh, man, it's funny you say that. So I'm at, I'm at the dinner table last night. Uh, with my wife and, and my youngest son, the oldest one without, and, and I brought up the story that I'm writing, and I turned to my wife and I said, next February, we might have a decision to make in this house if there's no marquee on dish. We'll see what happens. But, you know, that's the thing that bothers me the most. Everybody just says, well, if you don't, if you're not getting what you want, just change providers. Do you know how hard that is to change providers? Not, it, it's hard enough to get a new iPhone. It is 10 times as hard to get a new TV provider. You know, that is a day of service that you're taking out of your work life or personal life. That's going from room to room where you have television in the house to make sure the signal is, is strong enough. It is not so simple enough to just change TV providers. So the, the thing that fans need to really understand here is this will take time. If you don't have the game on opening day, first of all, let's just be clear. This is just dish right now. Only dish is a potential issue. Comcast, figure at some point will come around negotiations are ongoing there is still a long way to go here there is no urgency yet it is not even not even next winter yet it's not even close to spring training these things take time and it will it might require some patience from fans <laughs> although i'm dying to see what happens on opening day if there's if there's some kind of glitch somewhere or there's still a hang up in talks with somebody um it's it, it'll be interesting to see the reaction of fans but the fervor shouldn't really get going until launch day, and then we'll see what happens. I, I, There's part of me, Jeff, that I wonder how many people truly understand what's getting ready to happen. How, you know, yeah. they, they've had Cubs games available for them on a bunch of different platforms for a really long time. And I think that everyone who's done the games has been great. Obviously, GN, uh, Comcast, and now NBC Sports Chicago. I think the ABC7 has done a great job with the games that they've had. And now there's going to be one place to go for yeah. for your games, and and I wonder if, if there is a, a contingent of Cubs fans that that don't really grasp um, how how much of a paradigm shift this is going to be when it comes to viewing Cubs games. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, there is an older segment of Cubs fans that have been used. To, I mean, no one has had what Cubs fans have had in this in this country among baseball fans. We have had many of your games over the air for free for a long time. And you don't find that anywhere else anymore. What they've had with Channel 9 and Channel 7, uh, before then the CIU, and even while CLTV was, was, is, uh, is cable, free, free baseball programming, you know? And, and what's, what's being lost in this is that WGN is going to be out of the sports business. Yep. Because now the Blackhawks are going to have 70 games on NBC Sports Chicago. The Bulls are going to follow suit. The Cubs are going their own way. The Sox are going to stick around but have all their games there. And here's WGN being like, let's hold in the bag. What, 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 what about us? We, we were the ones who made you what you are. And that's what bothers me, Lawrence, is that WGN played maybe the biggest part in the Cubs becoming what they are. And they're going to have nothing to show for it anymore. And I wrote that um, a, a, a few months ago that, you know, as, as, as much as you want, as much as the Cubs deserve the right to make any dime that they can off a anything that they do. Absolutely. It's their product. And you saw that they started to move this way with the rooftops and saying, look, you know, yeah. the, we'll, we'll just buy them then. Then we'll buy the rooftops and we'll monetize that. We'll take our product away from people who have been getting it for free. I'm all for them getting it, but you're right. WGN and Cubs baseball has been synonymous with each other. And I, I actually had Dan Rohn on the podcast uh, when oh. it first started up, and we talked about what what a, a sportsless Channel 9 looks like. And it's it's pretty bleak. Yeah. Well, and, that's it. and it doesn't have to be. You know, in New York, so the Yankees have yes, the Mets, have their own network, SNY. And to, to appease their viewers, 
a lot of whom don't have cable. So they were like 20, 10, games. 20 games on PIX. Is that what it is? Yes, exactly. I mean, it, it, it's, is it a lot? Is it a lot? No, but it's, it's an acknowledgement that, yes, we know we've taken your games and put them here. But here on a Sunday afternoon, here, here, enjoy this. You know, here's something to keep you satisfied. And I just don't see, personally, I think it'd be a great, a great gesture to give WGN 20 Cubs games, 20 Sox games, 10 Hawks games, 10 Bulls games. I'm throwing out numbers off the top of my head. But it seems, it seems fair. You know, it seems just. It seems right. It's not going to happen. That ship has sailed. But I don't, I, I don't necessarily agree with the way they're going about doing that. Maybe, maybe phase them out. Don't just cut them off. They're they're done for, and it's, it's to me disappointing. So, so Marquis, as 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 it stands right now, Marquis doesn't have any plans to do what what Yes Network is doing and put some games on locally for free. None. Though they're going to take the 150 games that they'll have the rights to, uh, the ones that will go on Fox or ESPN nationally exclusively, they'll have to give up. Um, but the rest are going to be on Marquis. And that's, that, that's have been, that, that has been the report since the beginning, and there has been no movement on anyone's front. And I think, you know, I always kind of held out hope. But then when I saw the Hawks release their broadcast schedule this week, and NBC Sports Chicago said that 70 games, a record 70 games, are going to be on their channel, well, I just figured enough, that's it. There, there's going to be nothing for WGN to show except the sports on, on the news at night. Yeah, I mean, their news product is really strong, but, I mean, it's just – yeah, it's it's definitely a change, man. Jeff, I appreciate you uh, you you breaking this stuff down, and I, I mean, obviously, like I follow you, so I know that you're on top of it. But uh, the times are changing, and to to understand it, we need people who can explain what's going on. So I appreciate you jumping on with me. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay, so that was me and Jeff, and and Jeff kind of came at it from the perspective of someone living in Chicago. And he brings up some really good points. And a lot of this stuff hasn't been resolved, even from the time that Jeff and I had this conversation. It's going to go on a while. And you're seeing, you're going to see, you're already seeing the commercials. I've seen them when I was watching the uh, the, the White Sox World Series last night on NBC Sports Chicago. What the channels are going to do is they're going to try and mobilize you, the, the consumer, in saying, hey, you need to tell DirecTV or or." Dish Network or RCN or Wow that you really want NBC Sportsnet or you really want the Big Ten Network. That's been uh, a thing that's been going on lately. Where I even saw Northwestern send out a tweet with Pat Fitzgerald saying, "If you want your Wildcats football, then you need to make sure you let Directv and Dish Network know that that you want it. You're going to be asked to be mobilized." With the idea being that. Pressure from the consumer is going to help the negotiation. Now, you need to be careful. You need to decide if if you want to be used in that way. And if you really do want those channels, you should exercise your, 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 your rights and freedoms to go out and say, hey, I will switch to whatever this outlet does because they actually provide it. And in some cases, it's it's a pretty powerful tool to use, but not in every case. Which brings me to the second part of, of today's pod, this interview that I deal, did with Bill Shaken. Bill writes for the L.A. Times, and he's been covering the story of the Dodgers and the problems that the Dodgers are having with getting their games shown to Dodgers fans. It has been six years since they put together their own network similar to Marquee. And there has been a constant struggle for Dodger fans everywhere in and around L.A. to watch the games. So he, I think, does a great job of explaining what it is the Dodgers fans went through with this and what lessons are then to be learned by Marquee and the Cubs so that something similar doesn't happen and there isn't a um, a revolt and bad feelings. Although maybe a revolt might be what the folks over at Marquee would need to make some of this stuff go more smoothly. 
So we'll see. But I want you to take a listen to this. This is me and Bill Shakin talking uh, about all of the things that the Dodger fans went through as they launched a new network that is still not seen in a ton of homes in the L.A. area. What has the last six years been like for people who follow the Dodgers and Dodgers fans when it comes to their television contract? They've been pretty frustrating times because the Dodgers have been so successful. The Dodgers have won the National League West every year. They've gone to the World Series the last two years. And there's a good chunk of their fans that just cannot see the home team on their television sets. So why is there this dispute? What What's the issue here? Is it a matter of what the fee is going to be, or is there something larger at play? Well, when the dispute started, the Dodgers had announced, just like the Cubs have announced, that we're going to have this great television channel. It's going to be only for our team. You'll be able to see not only games, but all sorts of features about players on the team and maybe some old games, maybe some rebroadcasts, but you know, all Dodgers all the time, or in the case of Marquis, all Cubs all the time. And what happened here was that the market already had two Fox TV channels. One's called Fox Sports West and one's called Prime Ticket. And the Lakers had just launched a channel a couple of years before, and the Pac-12 had also launched one. So now the Dodgers channel is going to be the fifth sports channel in this market. And some of the cable and satellite operators said, you know what? We have uh, rates that keep going up. We're starting to lose subscribers because of cord cutting where people streaming. We don't want to keep raising our rates. And we don't certainly want expensive programming for a channel that's just going to have one team that most of our viewers aren't going to watch anyway. So where normally you'd say, well, we better take this channel. The Dodgers are popular and we don't want to risk viewers. The thought here became, you know what, let's not take the channel. Let's see how many viewers we lose. And then if enough of them defect, why, we can make a deal if we need to. And as it turns out, not enough viewers defected to ever force any of the other companies to make a deal. Were the Dodgers surprised by that? Because I, when I read it, it was eye-opening to me that there wasn't that big of a defection that, that allowed for this deal to get done. Yeah, what Time Warner Cable had promised, and Time Warner Cable then was playing the role that Sinclair is now for the Cubs, we're going to be the television partner. We're going to handle distribution. So Time Warner said to the Dodgers, you know, we got the Lakers channel on the air two years ago, and everybody said the same thing. Nobody's going to want a single-team channel. We're going to do a channel focused on the Lakers. It's since added some other stuff, but it's primarily Lakers. And that channel had the usual haggling. So were the Lakers on the day they played their first game of the new television contract? No, not everywhere. It took a few weeks, and eventually everybody signed up. And so there was reason for the Dodgers to think that's what would happen here. Time Warner would do the haggling. DirecTV would do their haggling. The other cable companies would haggle, and eventually the channel would get on. And this time, the Fable, uh, I'm sorry, the cable and satellite operators held firm. Nobody jumped first, and the channel's still off the air. Why did you feel like you wanted to do a story on this, connecting it to what the Cubs are getting ready to embark on with Marquee? Well, the reason I started, actually, was I saw some quotes from Chris Ripley, who's the CEO over at Sinclair, and he's been asked several times, well, you saw what happened in L.A., why is it going to be different in Chicago? And to be fair to Sinclair, they know everything that happened in L.A., we all do, and I'm sure they've accounted for it in their planning. But some of the quotes Mr. Ripley gave were basically, well, Dodger fans are not as passionate as Cubs fans. And that's just ridiculous. The Dodgers came within one home game of selling 4 million tickets this year. So, the idea that Dodger fans are not passionate, I mean, they've drawn $3 million every year here, except the one year when they boycotted Frank McCourt to get him out of town, and they succeeded. Um, it's not an issue of fan passion. And what you will have at some point, I'm sure, is people will say, hey, fans, you might not get your Cubs on TV. 
you need to go to, you know, idemandmycubs.com or whatever. I mean, older listeners might remember back to, you know, you got to go demand, I want my MTV. Well, there was supposed to be, I demand my Dodgers, and that didn't work. I keep wondering with, in Chicago in particular, where you have an interesting situation where the White Sox, the Blackhawks, and the Bulls, two of those teams are owned by Jerry Reinsdorf, have gone off and they're going to have the majority, the bulk of their games that aren't nationally televised on NBC Sports Chicago, which is a subsidiary of Comcast. I keep wondering, if I'm Comcast, why do I owe Marquis a favor? Like, it, why wouldn't I negotiate hard for them to be carried on my system? I think that's a fantastic question. You know, one of the things that I did not get into in my story, but everyone in Chicago well knows, is that Comcast is the dominant cable provider. But we also know that Sinclair does not operate a television station in Chicago. Now, in L.A., Time Warner Cable, that's the Dodgers television partner at the time, they actually ran some cable systems in L.A. So some people could see the Dodgers if they were a Time Warner uh, household. In Chicago, there's nobody right now that's on board with Marquee because Sinclair doesn't own a system there. So you're right. If you're Comcast, you're not a disinterested observer. You want people to still be watching NBC Sports Chicago. And are you going to cut a great deal for the Cubs? Probably not. You have a vested interest in driving people to NBC Sports Chicago. So what I would imagine will happen is that Marquee will try to do deals fairly quickly with the smaller cable providers. I believe WOW is one. RCN. Uh, RCN I think, is the other one. Yep. Um, and try to get the pressure done that way. But look, these guys are carrying our channel. We've made a fair deal with them. If you let us, we'll make a fair deal with you. Um, but Comcast is so dominant that you know that may not be as easy as it sounds. I also wonder about the direct TV issue and – since there wasn't the threshold wasn't reached by people dropping DirecTV in Los Angeles, I, I I agree with you that the concept that it's so simplistic that Cubs fans are very passionate. If we take into account the way that the 2019 season is ending up for the Cubs, that that might not be firm ground to stand on. It might not be. In fact, one of the things that has frustrated the cable and satellite operators in L.A. was that they had just done a deal, a deal for the Lakers channel, and right about the time that deal was signed, the Lakers became terrible. And, you know, viewership went down. And, you know, not to say that Theo Epstein can't pull another rabbit out of his hat, but it doesn't look good for the, the Cubs' window at the moment. But when you mentioned DirecTV, I was going to say you can look right now, and uh, Sinclair is in a dispute with AT&T, which is the owner of DirecTV, Right now, and Sinclair is threatening to pull some of its local channels off DirecTV and AT&T television outlets this week. So it's not to say that things are great in other markets and, you know, it might only be a problem in Chicago. This is an issue in every market. How has Sinclair been able to, to build this empire up, Bill? Well, what they're trying to do, at least with sports, is to build a vast local network. So when Fox had to sell most of their regional sports networks, their local sports channels, as part of a merger with Disney, Sinclair was there to buy them. And Sinclair says, you know what? We also have over 100 local television stations across the country, and we can turn our company into a wonderful provider of one of the few things that people still want to watch on TV as opposed to it. Local news is something that's delivered primarily over broadcast television, and local sports are the same. So that's the broadcast model. I think the problem is that the leverage Sinclair would seem to have is a little marginalized in that their broadcast stations are not in the largest market. So threats of pulling the local baseball team off, say, a Comcast system in another market if you don't do a deal for the Cubs in Chicago – that's not as great uh, if Sinclair doesn't have a station in L.A., if they don't have a station, you know, in Atlanta, if they don't have a station, of course, in Chicago. Um, th- their stations tend to be in smaller markets. 
And so that leverage may not be as great as some people think. I, I'm a little bit surprised when when trying to figure out how this whole thing is going to shake down that that the Cubs and Marquis didn't use the model that the Yes Network did, where they do flip, was it like maybe 10 to 20 games onto WPIX, and the perfect partner would have been WGN in Chicago, considering the history with the Cubs, to promote Marquee and give it give it some um for people who didn't get on board. Is there? Do you have any idea on why they decided to not go that direction? Uh, it's one word. It's money. That will not surprise you. Um, there's there's more money in making your network the exclusive home of the Cubs. Uh, I will say that you mentioned the Yes Network. That was off the air for some time in New York. Cablevision, a dominant cable carrier there, did not carry Yes. It does now, but it took some political intervention. Um, and I will say this about the over-the-air channel. The Dodgers, when they went to their own channel in Los Angeles, said what the Cubs are saying now. It's going to be great. You can know that all the games are going to be on the same channel. You'll get extra coverage on our channel. And what's happened is because they have not been able to strike deals to get the Dodgers on the air on any cable system but uh, Charter, which was Time Warner, that over-the-air games have come back, that the Dodgers and Charter have now agreed to put a small number of games on an over-the-air channel here so that least fans can see a few. Not that many, but certainly better than none. How does MLB streaming and blackout rules complicate this stuff? I don't know that that was a huge factor. I can tell you that after this situation with the Dodgers channel had gone on for several years, uh, baseball changed its position. Initially, Major League Baseball said, you know what? That's not really a dispute that we can get involved in. I believe Commissioner Manfred's saying was, we don't have a seat at the table. In other words, Time Warner Cable is negotiating with DirecTV. We're not one of the negotiating partners. That wasn't tenable, and so the league eventually said, what can we do here to help? So it went to Charter, which is, again, the successor to Time Warner Cable, and said, hey, how about you do this? You can still have your exclusive cable access. So if people want to see the Dodgers on cable, they have to subscribe to your system. But if they don't or can't, they can stream the games. You can offer it streaming. It can only be offered through your company. You'll make a little extra money, and then fans that want to pay for the Dodgers on an a la carte basis can do it. And Charter said, no, we're positioning ourselves as the exclusive home of the Dodgers, and you have to subscribe to our cable company in order to see them. Wow. Bill, this is fascinating. Thank you so much for writing the piece. Before I let you go, what was the uh, feedback that you got from Cub fans after writing that piece? Well, I think they were a little startled to find out that, you know, this is not quite the slam dunk that maybe the Cubs have presented it as. But, again, I, I think the Cubs know everything that happened in L.A. I think Marquis is well of it. And the one thing I was surprised to learn in reporting it is that generally you think, well, how many cable subscribers am I going to lose if I don't carry the Cubs? And somebody in the industry said, you know, that might not be the question anymore. Because as people cut their cable and cut their satellite, the money really is in Internet, is in broadband. The question that might be, how many broadband subscriptions will the Cubs lose? And that's a whole variable that we didn't even consider when the Dodgers channel started. Yeah, and it leads to a very uh, complicated issue of net neutrality, too. Uh, there's, There's so much to this story, Bill. I'm so glad that you are taking it on. And I look forward to us getting uh, an opportunity to talk down the road as we get closer and closer to the launch. All right. Take care. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. So a big thanks to Bill for helping out on that. And uh, I think giving a lot of clarity to something, I'm sure that this is eventually going to work out. And years from now, we'll be like, oh, remember when Marquee launched and – but I, I think that there could be some bumpiness, and I ho- um, the, my whole goal in this podcast was to help try and get you ready so you know what to expect, and, and maybe you can help yourself as a consumer. Like, really, 
I know that it's it's a pain, and when you get that big old clumpy cable bill or direct TV bill, it's a lot. But just go through it. Just one time, just go through it and make sure that you're getting you're getting what you pay for and you're paying for what you want. Because that's key. That at the end of this, you should be happy with all of your choices, whether your choices are cutting your cord and then putting together a bundle, a skinny bundle that way, or whether it's cable or Dish Network, whatever it is. And I know that there are the people like, well, I just watch on the subreddit. Well, not everyone is wired that way, and not everyone knows how to do that. And there are going to be plenty of people, especially, and I don't mean to be ageist here, especially in the older demos that don't understand that this stuff is going on. They're going to turn on their TVs and be like, where are the Cubs? And they're going to be like, I don't have Marquee, and now I have to get Marquee. By the way, um, before I go on today's episode, shout out to Marquee for something that they did. I was getting on the expressway. I was getting on the Ryan and I looked up. I was at 35th street and Marquis had a sign for the upcoming season right there in front of White Sox park. I got as a White Sox fan, I got a real good chuckle out of that. So well played Marquis on, on uh, trying to bring people over even on the South side of Chicago. I hope that you got something out of it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a little different. I know it's a little meaty, but I appreciate you checking it out. We'll have a couple more interviews. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you that Dan Roan interview, even though it's short by House of L standards, because it's really, really good. And uh, he's someone that I truly look up to and admire in this business. Thanks for listening to episode 76. Go back and listen to Shake Shakia Taylor in episode 75. It's amazing. Talk to you next time. Peace.